Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Tana Talksucker Podcast. I am Lutana Oruche, also known as Tana. You can call me whatever you like, but I am here to talk about Liverpool and Chelsea facing off yesterday in the League Cup final, or whenever you listen to this. Uh, yeah, because it doesn't it doesn't expire today. So if you didn't listen to it today, you can listen to it tomorrow. Okay, I will stop rambling. Now into the action. Uh, Jurgen Klopp's farewell tour, as they call it, officially begun with a trophy yesterday you know the league cup final i'm here to talk about the game i'm here to talk about narratives address narratives uh, because chelsea of course are underperforming if you look at their league position and uh how much they've spent how much they've invested and even apart from that them just being chelsea i can't believe i'm, I'm trying to explain why chelsea are underperforming i'll move on i don't need to explain that it's 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 pretty obvious now yeah so there's a lot of narratives about Pochettino, his job security, you know, also about Liverpool. Did they deserve to win that game? Of course, coming into this, Liverpool had a lot of injury worries. Chelsea as well weren't without their injured players, but it's kind of incomparable on the Chelsea end. You have Badia Shield, Chukwemeka, Ugochukukukurela, Rich James, Lafia, Silva and Fofana. On the Liverpool end, you had Alisson Becker, Doak, Jones, Nunez, Jota. Soboslai, Matip, Salah, Bajetic, Thiago, Alexander-Arnold. About six, seven players that will probably start for Liverpool if everyone's fit. We'll start. So that is a lot, you know. But anyway, Jurgen Klopp trusted the young boys. And when we mean young boys, they don't necessarily have to be younger than Chelsea players. So this is the thing. Chelsea are a young team. I mean, if I'm, if I'm not being wrong apart from, if I'm not wrong apart from, Maybe the likes of Thiago Silva. It's generally a young team. Raheem Sterling, you know, being 29. Thiago Silva, of course, now being in his late 30s. Those are the older guys in the team. If you look at Petrovic, he's 24. Gusto, he's 20. You know, Disasse is 25. Colwell is 21. Chilwell is 27. Caicedo is 22. Fernandez is 23. Palmer is 21. And so on. You know, Gallagher's 24 now. And Jackson should be like 22 or what? Yeah. So... It's a young team, actually, you know. And yeah, so Liverpool were not younger, but it's just not their preferred starting exile. And in the first half, I feel Liverpool edged it uh, slightly. They just edged it slightly. And it was a game where Liverpool needed to be clinical, which they were. And Chelsea as well also had uh, a bit of uh, opportunities in the first half as well. You know, Chelsea, despite not dominating the game, despite not creating as many, should I say, chances yes and situations as liverpool liverpool dominated in that area they, they were able to create more shots were able to create more dangerous situations however however chelsea still got like two good situations two good enough situations where they could have made it count and quote unquote punish liverpool because chelsea looked so open and so rattled for some reason and i really felt okay we have to put a goal in now we if you don't know i'm a liverpool fan uh, but Liverpool didn't do that, you know. Uh, Gakbo was not, did not have enough presence up front at all. It was basically almost a nothing performance from him, you know. Luis Diaz at the other end, making unwise decisions in the final third, time and time again. And there was just a lot of space. So this is the thing, yeah. And from this, I'm going to talk about Pochettino because there's not too much to say. This episode, I don't want it to be long. There's not too much to say about, like, Liverpool. Of course, I will talk about what I need to talk about. But here's the thing. It's a bit of a two-way street because people come up and say, 
the coach cannot be blamed. And to some extent, I agree with that. And I will talk about why I agree with that line um, soon. Of course, in this episode still, I'm not going to be like a YouTuber and be like, uh, next week, wait for part two when I talk about Pochettino and how he was not for. No, this episode, so just stay tuned. Yeah. But if you watch that first half, and I know this is ifs, and ifs are just ifs, of course, but Chelsea were wide open. And as a Liverpool fan, I'm thinking, if Mo Salah down with Nunes, like, if we had these guys, supposed like Trent, to pick in the balls and be like, it, it looked like such an easy game. So 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 from a, from a Chelsea perspective, I'm thinking, this is not good. This is not good. Like, they looked easy to cut through and we just know that this is a very easy winnable game if you had your guys. Of course, on the Chelsea end as well, they have some injury, but not not to the caliber of Liverpool missing Salah and Nunes, supposed like Trent, like you know, all these guys like status, status, some like some these are their best players, you know, that Liverpool are missing. Uh Alisson, you know, so it's incomparable. But you could also offer them some sympathy on that end, Chelsea. And I looked at them and I'm like, this is open from you. Like it's they were they looked rattled when the game just started. The shape, nothing was the shape wasn't shaping, you know. And of course personnel is a thing, but this just looked like they were they were getting beat on all levels in that first period. As I said, Chelsea also created like two really good chances to score in that half. You know what I'm saying? And they could have scored and probably should, you know. Of course, so as Liverpool, but it's like if you look at if you look at the the, the what's it called the how the half consistently went that first half, the Liverpool consistently were able to get in behind Chelsea, and yeah, it just didn't it just it just didn't look very convincing. But at the same time, you can see what they're capable of, the talent and also the coaching. You know, they're still able to conjure up opportunities against anyone. Actually, if you've watched Chelsea all season, they've been able to conjure up opportunities. It that has not been the problem. You know, and I felt like at the end of the first half, all things considered, all things considered, Liverpool slightly edged it. You know, as I said, because Chelsea was still able to create one or two big chances, but Liverpool slightly edged it. In the second half, it was an absolute battering uh, from Chelsea. Chelsea absolutely battered Liverpool in every sense of it, especially offensively. Liverpool also didn't have a sniff. Of course, they took shots and things like that, but they didn't create any big chance. Chelsea created three big chances, and yeah, <laughs> missed three big chances. Uh, Kelleher, wow, what a player. Closing down the angles. It's it's all about, you know what it is, yeah, about good goalkeepers or really good goalkeepers. When you understand you're in the brain of a striker and you kind of predict what they want to do, you know, because let's be honest, 1v1, you're not you're not favorite. You predict what they want to do and it's your job to stop it. Of course, you can't get to it too early because it just shows them that, yeah, you're just, you know, so you almost have to come out, be a bit balanced, then, hey, spread in a certain way, close that angle. And it's just brilliant all around, you know, this is not a goalkeeping podcast, but it's just brilliant all around. And this is the guy who's come under a lot of scrutiny weirdly from Liverpool fans for no reason you know because you know you know fans you know even the Chelsea fans listening to this you know you know fans they must pick on someone uh, <laughs> yeah and he just happens to be the guy but of course I've always backed him no doubt at all about his quality really good goalkeeper that 
And he, he came big for Liverpool, Kelleher. But it's not just about Kelleher, to be honest. The finishing from Chelsea, you know, when you have a big chance, when you have a big chance, uh, you have to look to the player and say, you should score. You are favourite. You are favourite because, you know, if you finish properly, like if you actually finish properly, the chances that any goalkeeper in the world gets to it is quite low. It's quite low, you know. So, I mean, these things also happen quite fast, you know, even the ball coming to Palmer or, I mean, Gallagher had Gallagher had a chance to even almost create another angle for himself. I'm shifting a bit if you wanted to, you know. So, the Chelsea players look at themselves and feel extremely disappointed, you know. They will go back and watch that tape because it was a chance to make this season meaningful. I mean, they sit 11th or something in the Premier League. That's just that's just shameful. It's abysmal. So, I mean, this trophy would have probably served as a consolation of some, of some sort and made them know that, oh, we can't, we're capable. Of course, they should know. I mean, they look at their team sheet. They look at the names they have in the dressing room. They should know. But it would have maybe given them some confidence to feel like, yeah, like, you know, maybe maybe there is this project is headed somewhere, you know, as we're capable of winning trophies, you know, if they want that. Exactly. And the players will look at themselves and know, like, we could and should have won this, you know. So, abysmal finishing plus insane Kelleher reflexes and goalkeeping and uh, narrowing down angles and all of that. And when you look at it from this angle, I'll come back to Pochettino and say, I'm not a result-based analyst. I've always had problems with people who analyze football just based on results. So if you lose, oh, the coach is this, is that, you blast him. This other coach tactically outclassed him, blah, 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 blah. That's always the story. As I said, the prime example of that was uh, a conversation with <laughs> with the Barcelona fan after Liverpool lost at Camp Nou 3-0 uh, in 2019. Yeah, 2019 it was. And after missing so many chances, and uh, I was hearing that Ernesto Valverde outclassed Jurgen Klopp, and I'm like, uh, not this game. You know, Liverpool created so many big chances. I missed them. Barcelona created big chances and scored them. And fair, they won. Like, you know, it's it's not everything that has to go to the manager's desk and be like, this manager won against this manager, so this manager tactically outclassed manager. Or this manager is terrible, or he had no clue. No, because if you set up your team and you set up, and the positions you put players, they excel and they manage to create chance. They manage to carve the team open. It's just, the, it's just the perfect saying, you know, you take a horse to the stream, but you can't force it to drink water. So that's it. Like the manager would never be in a position to to put the ball in the back of the net. Never. You know, but what you can do is to make a team that creates chances and that merge to Pochettino did and has done. To be honest, if Chelsea players played with more brain, to be honest, they will not be 11. I'm being very honest with you. And Poch... In general, as regards their season, of course, there's a lot to blame him for, but that is not a Mauricio Pochettino special. Like, if you guys want that, let me know. I can get Chelsea fan up here. I'm going to go right into Chelsea and all their issues and everything they faced. However, as I said, if you look at the season so far, there's a lot of games where you just see like silliness in front of goals, silliness in the final third, but they're able to always get in behind against anyone, anyone, whether that's your Man City is or your Liverpool, these are your what, top teams in the league, top two teams in the league. They've done it. You know, you see it time and time again. And yeah, of course, they lost embarrassing to Liverpool in the league. But generally, they're able to create chances. And you can't look at that second half performance. And if you look at the first half where Liverpool were better, but marginally better, second half, Chelsea battered Liverpool. You know, Liverpool had shots. They had chances. Uh, the possession was 50-50. 
But Chelsea just created more, you know, Chelsea created more. Chelsea had more dangerous opportunities uh, from open play, especially Liverpool from open play. Not too much, not too much. They had situations, but, you know, Petrovic didn't have to do too much. And if you look at the context of that, at least from my own eyes and opinion, where, as I said, Liverpool narrowly edged Chelsea in the first half and were narrowly the better team, in my opinion, and second half where I think, like, objectively, Chelsea dominated that. Then you have to say uh, Mauricio Pochettino's team that I put out there uh, did enough to win. You know, he, he, he would feel like he did enough to win against Liverpool. And that is fair. And now onto the final part of this. And it's 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 also a bit psychological because coming in as a Liverpool fan, my perspective was I wanted to win. It's nice, honestly, because you know, we're also chasing the Premier League title, which is, the, in my opinion, the biggest title for us this season, of course, bigger than the Europa League and the FA Cup, you know, in my opinion. And you don't want any psychological damages. You know, you don't want any of that because it's a lot of injuries, man. Your best player isn't there. You're... Arguably a second best player, and arguably a third best player, and you know if you want to talk about the top five, top four Liverpool players, you see Mo Salah, Virgil Van Dijk, Alisson Becker, Trent, um, Alexander Arnold. These are names that you mention, you know. These are names that you mention. Oh, not there. Apart from Virgil Van Dijk, you know. So it's they are missing a lot, and you don't want any damage. So for that reason, I really wanted us to win this game just for vibes, just for the young guys who are, are going to have to play and are playing massive minutes now for them to. Be motivated, not motivated, but energized. Like football is, is almost sixty percent mentals, and you know forty percent ability. The average ability level of a top level pro is insanely high. The talent gap between the excellent world class players and the guys who you think are crap is way closer than your performances suggest. Like you know, it is, and so that shows that psychology and where you are mentally plays a big role in football. And uh, yeah. So Liverpool wanted, had to win it for that, in my opinion. And, of course, it's a trophy. It's good. It's, it's excellent. But as Chelsea, you're coming into this. You're looking at that team share. You're looking at the bench. Because this is a Liverpool side that, if things are not going their way, they cannot bring on a Mo Salah, for example, or a Darwin. These guys didn't make the bench, you know? You had your Trays. You had your McConnells. You had this guy. These are the guys on the bench for Liverpool Football Club. Guys who have school tomorrow, so you must think that the starting exercise is is they are not they are not a lot of Liverpool starters are not there, but these are generally senior players, you know. But of course, not the first choice players, a lot of them. But yeah, so first of all, we're not playing a full strength Liverpool, and if we you know if we cause them problems, they have nothing to use against us. Like there's there's no one that I'm looking at the bench and like I'm I'm scared they're gonna bring on a Darwin, they're gonna bring on a Mo. You know, and even with Gravenberg going on or going off injured, or Caicedo injuring him, it just, you know, we had to bring on Joe Gomez. And it's like, yeah, there's nothing left, you know. So psychologically, Chelsea had to be so confident in themselves. They had to be so, they had to know that we're not leaving this pitch losing it. That had to be the mentality. And I'm not sure if that was the mentality from Chelsea over the course of the game. And I'll tell you why. So after full time, and it went to extra time, of course, Chelsea just coming off. An excellent half, apart from the fact that they didn't score and win the game. If you notice, I'm not talking about the referee controversy in this match. I'm not. I'm not. It's intentional, guys. I didn't forget. 
I've just spoken about refereeing so much, and I can use 30 minutes to talk about the, the referee controversy. So mm, I'm just going to pretend it like it didn't happen. <laughs> For real, I'm just. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, so you are Chelsea. You've just bought a Liverpool. You've seen they're not, they, they look leggy. They look everything, you know. They look down. They look leggy. They look uninspired. They look like they're lacking ideas. Extra time, you know. Okay, let's go kill them. We have to go for the killer. We have to go for the killer. Let us kill them. They cannot contain us. They don't have the facilities for that. And what did they do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Liverpool bought on the young boys, like the young, young boys, like boys making their first ever Liverpool appearance, their second ever Liverpool appearance, boys that have barely played three, four minutes for Liverpool, like the young, 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 young academy guys. You know, and for Chelsea, come on, this was your game to lose. Because at every point in time, like, your mentality shows. They were playing for penalties. And of course, Mauricio Pochettino came out to confirm that later. But it was clear on the pitch, if anyone had any doubts about that, they were playing for penalties. And that's not something I can accept because... You have 30 minutes to win a game of football. 30 minutes is a long time in football. It is so unbelievably long, it's crazy. You have 30 minutes to win a game of football, and guess what? You're not interested in winning it. Those are the facts. Those are the facts. Those are the facts. And when Liverpool can attack, Liverpool were by far the better, better side in, 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 in extra time. By far the better side, you know. No comparison about that. And when you allow Liverpool attack, shoots, creates spaces, you're not really interested in in going forward. You're not really interested in anything. Then what happened? What will happen to you? It's no. It's not that. Like, I mean, it's full time. It's zero zero. I'm a coach. I'm telling my players this is the beginning of the game. It's zero zero. Start the game. Starts now. The game starts now. Go and win it. You know, you're not out of it. From the looks of things, you've been the better team. You know, they've had a world-class goalkeeping performance plus a finishing that's not been, been the best. So this is also another criticism I have to give Mauricio Pochettino. And it's special. It's, it's, it's personal to me. Not special, sorry. It's personal to me. Some of you might agree with that, but it's personal to me. For me, if there's a game of football to be won, then you win it. If it goes to penalties, you start again. With each break and stop, it's starting again. It's another chance, another day, another opportunity kind of thing type of vibe. That's how football is because you kind of have 30 minutes in front of you and not want to use it to win the game. You know? I've not even told you you're going to win on penalties. Like, that's the funny thing. You have you have a higher chance, in my opinion. Like, I would back myself more winning a game in, in normal football play, you know, trying to get a goal, normal things, set up my tactics, have a plan, than penalties because the psychological side of that, you know, is just... It's so crazy. It's it's you know anything can happen in penalties as we all know that. So from that reason, it, it, I can't say that Mauricio Pochettino. I can't say that Mauricio Pochettino doesn't come out of this blameless. Of course, he set up his team to win, and they did enough, especially in that second half, to win the game. But going into extra time, where there was a game to be won, he did not rally his troops, and they lost it. Jurgen Klopp rallied his troops. He told them. Go on and win this game. You can win this game. No matter what happens, I'm so proud of you. Just give your all on that pitch. So you have a manager here telling their players, let's just try to get it to penalties. Let's get it to penalties, okay? Let's get it to penalties. 
He's not really interested in winning it right now. So they have no, they don't have a business on the pitch. You have a manager putting players on the pitch, which is, of course, on the extra time. You're putting players on the pitch and not communicating your desire to win it there and there. Like, you're not trying to win it. You have another manager telling his troops, I'm very proud of you, no matter what you do. Just go out there and make sure you give your best. That's exactly what we saw. That's exactly what we saw. And, of course, Liverpool won. Simicast um, in swinging corner. Virgil van Dijk, absolutely beautiful header. Mikhailo Mudrik, man, I mean, he's a forward. And a lot of the times you see this happening in forward. You know, you're ball watching. And there could be, I don't know, there could be a whole wrestling game going behind, going on behind you. You could have Bruno Fernandes arguing with the referee behind you at the top of his voice. You could have Pepe and Diego Costa giving it going on 1v1 behind you. You have no clue because you're ball watching. And it's not it's not bad to ball watch, but in football, football 101, you know, football 101, you know, as someone who's played football to a good level, your coaches will always tell you, you, of course, you have to look at the ball, and but you, you also cannot afford to not have an idea of the situation around you. You cannot afford to. Because if your ball watching and the ball is coming to you, you think it's coming to you, whereas as someone who's attacking it at pace, you have no clue. You know, and of course, Virgil van Dijk, for the second time in the game, you know, as I said, I'm not going to talk about the controversy in this game. No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> it's going to be too loud. He scored and yeah, Liverpool won. So that's it. That's it from me, guys. Big up Jurgen Klopp. You know, at some point, it was, it's less about tactics and more about your motivational skills. And that's something that we know Klopp excels at. You know, give these young boys energy to go in there. Uh, of course, they're they are young boys, so they should have energy. That's another factor. You know, they have the legs. But also the self-belief to, to take it to Chelsea, you know, because if you're not taking it to Chelsea, then you're not winning the corners. You're not, you know... You know, putting them under pressure. And that's exactly what they did. So big up to Jurgen Club for doing that, for making them believe in them, for trusting in them, you know, basically. Because, I mean, if you left the tired legs of some of the other players who stay, who were, who started and things like that, then Liverpool might not have been able to take the game to Chelsea like they did in extra time and um, subsequently then score a corner, you know, from it. So it's good he trusted the youth and it worked out perfectly well for him. For Mauricio Pochettino, he had a big chance to win a trophy. The players let him down. And he also let the players down by not sending them at that Liverpool side who were just basically half young boys as an extra time. Half young boys, half second second fiddle players maybe at, at that point in, in, in extra time. So my I have huge criticism for him there. And of course, you look at the first half where Liverpool cut through them too easily. Anyway, I've been Tanner. Rate us, subscribe, like, but especially the ratings. Please rate this podcast as it tells the algorithm that this is the best football podcast. As I always urge you guys, do not get to keep this particular one. You can get keep your barbers, your favorite restaurants. Not this, please. You know, thank you. Have a lovely week. The Tanatool Soccer Podcast, the number one.